episode of the Desert Shift Podcast. We are back at the studio here in Cronkite on location. Me and Tyler Cassman. Tyler, how are you doing today? It's actually a really nice out here in Phoenix. I think this is like the first day where it's just been like super sunny in, in a while. Yeah, I mean, it's been really nice weather for the past week or so, ever since I got back from Boston. Speaking of which, we apologize, because we didn't put out an episode last week. Um, obviously, we've been busy. I was in Boston. Tyler has school, I, so it, uh, it's kind of hard to find the time last week, so we decided, especially because there wasn't as much news as prior weeks, that we would uh, just wait in our week to get some more news. And man, we got some... We got some news. We got some big news. We got some teams clinching. We got a new jersey maker, and we got some retirements, some ASU news. We're going to get all into that. Let's start off with the jersey news, though. It's probably the biggest uh, news that's come out in the past uh, two weeks, and the the whole spiel is fanatics. Those homies, they're taking over. They are going to start manufacturing uh, NHL jerseys. Um, this will be the first time Fanatics uh, has ever touched any of the uh, four core sports with the main jersey licensing. Of course, the NHL has a deal with them to make these breakaway jerseys that are... We'll get to that. But let me just hammer down the details first. Fanatics, 10 years is what they've signed with the NHL. So for the next 10 years after Adidas uh, takes over or stops producing jerseys next season, Fanatics will hop in. Uh, Fanatics also said that there won't be any major changes for a second. Um, I guess they're going to try to gain some footing or whatever. Um, and honestly, that's that's about it. That's all we know. Adidas obviously announcing that they weren't going to uh, renew their partnership with the NHL, but Tyler, you want to give your first thoughts about this deal? Well, uh, I don't think on ice we'll see that much of a change. I know they're supposed to use the same uh, factory that Adidas uses now to manufacture the on ice jerseys, so I, I think the product on ice won't see like a major change, which I think is important, uh, just because you know you don't want the jerseys to like change completely. But I think we're going to lose a little bit of, like, the, the fun stuff that happens. Like, Adidas brought us the reverse retro. They've come out with a, a few more cool collabs, like the Mighty Ducks collection and a few, like, other retro stuff. Uh, I don't think Fanatics is going to do that. So you lose a lot of, like, the cool aspects that come with uh, Adidas. You know, I, I love the reverse retro series that they did. And uh, I hope Fanatics could do something like that, but I don't see them doing it. And then the biggest problem will be the the off-ice, or I guess the personal jerseys that us, us as fans buy. Right now, you could buy a Fanatics jersey for cheaper than an Adidas one. And um, so some of the times, it isn't the greatest quality. Uh, so there's, there's a few examples, a decent amount of examples out there. I think you you know the Twitter account. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think you you uh, have the most more beef with Fanatics than me, so I'll let you say your problems with them. Yeah, I'm very uh, particular about my jerseys. Um, when Adidas started... Uh, and even before, when the Re- Reebok was uh, making jerseys, never would I ever get a fake jersey. I would never get any of those fake jerseys. I would try to get, you know, um, the actual ones that, like, the players wear on the ice because that's what I want. I want the more durable quality. I want the quality that's the best. And I've owned 
two Fanatics jerseys in my uh, my life. Uh, and then I've owned quite a bit of Adidas jerseys. Um, I have at least one jersey from every team except Philadelphia because, no offense, Phil, you have sucky jerseys. Um, off that topic, though, uh, Fanatics jersey retails for 150 A Adidas jersey retails for 180 and most people that don't know their hockey knowledge will look at that and be like oh i'm gonna take the fanatics one because it's 30 bucks less but it's the old saying you get what you pay for because fanatics jerseys currently are a huge step below these jerseys because the logos are made out of this weird shiny material that if you fold it incorrectly that logo is screwed you're you're done for like that logo is not getting repaired it's gonna have a giant crease in it uh the lighter material i don't mind i just personally love the adidas material more i especially like the mesh that goes between the armpit i think you know that was an underrated addition to adidas uh by adidas um Fanatics also, uh, basically everything is cheaper. The logos aren't as high quality. And then you look at the numbering, and even the numbering is the most garbage numbering I've ever had. It's very cheap. It's almost the same fabric that they use for the logos on the Fanatics jerseys. And then Fanatics also uh, obviously runs the whole NHL store. Uh, they do it with the NFL too, NBA, MLB. They run that whole store. And most of the time, what you get from them is the worst quality you could ever imagine. Uh, the numbering can be cheap on these nice Adidas jerseys. Like, everything but the numbering is great. And then you turn around and it's like, oh, sh oh shoot. Like, this is garbage, which is why I never, almost never, buy stuff off NHL.com unless it's like 50 bucks and or whatever. Um Going off of that, Fanatics is terrible at quality control because they are obviously known for making stuff fast and getting stuff out quickly. And what you end up getting from them sometimes, and there's been a whole lot of mistakes, are jerseys that are spelled incorrectly they have the wrong logo on them hats that have different logos on them that aren't supposed to be like that shirts and other stuff um there's this good twitter account called fanatics suck i'm gonna pull it up right now show a little bit of it to tyler but basically uh what they do on there is uh they retweet everything that uh fanatics has messed up including on their website so uh this one um Let's see. This is a Seattle Sounders uh, polo, and it says Golden State Warriors on it. Uh, if we go down here, uh, this uh, this shirt, there's a shirt that I have a picture pulled up on, and it's one of those shirts that have the number and the name on the back, and the the number is all faded, and that's not on purpose. Like that's. That's that's not supposed to be like that. Uh, let me try. This is a great one. Uh, it's a sweatshirt. It's a San Jose Shark sweatshirt, but on the sleeves it says Seattle. That's a great one. Um, some stain issues. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see what else we can find. Uh, on their website, you can order an Arizona Coyotes Shea Weber jersey. 
Shea Weber has never played a game for the Coyotes. Obviously, they have his contract, but you can't get Matias Michelli, who is probably one of the best players on the Coyotes. Uh, let's go into... This is my favorite one. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the New York Islanders, but uh, it's a Ranger shirt, but they put Islanders instead of Ranger Rangers uh, for the name. Yeah. Uh, and just one more. I, I think that this, uh, this whole thing could go either two ways, either really good or really bad, because... Right now, Fanatics has no incentive to make like good jerseys because they know people prefer the Adidas. Yeah, they could keep selling them for cheap and making them cheap. So you you know now that Adidas is gone, they actually have an incentive to make good jerseys. So maybe that'll happen. But on the other hand, now that they have no competition, they really don't have any reason to you know try for anything because they know they could charge more, still make bad jerseys, and people will have to buy them because they're the only ones producing them. Yeah. So while while I hope that now that Adidas is gone, they'll, they'll kind of be like, okay, you know, we'll step up the quality. But I think it's going to go the other way. They'll be like, you know, Adidas is gone. People still have to buy our jerseys. We could raise the price, still not care about the quality. People will be forced to buy them. Here's another one. Uh, I don't know how you <laughs> spell this name incorrectly. Crosby. They switched the B and the S around, so it's now Crobsy. Um, let me. There's one more I do uh, want to. Find uh, also with the uh, numbering, like it peels off easily when you order it from NHL.com. There is one that I really want to find, which is uh, they spell Jared Spurgeon's name wrong. Um, let me try to find it. Um, but uh, let's see. I, I I just do not like fanatics. They are cheap. They are terrible. They have the worst quality ever. Uh, there's been so many crappy uh, uh, people there, Cra- <laughs> crappy uh, mistakes there. I'm still trying to find this. Um, ordered a T-shirt from Fanatics, and uh, they threw in a, a clearance koozie for the heck of it. Also, where's my shirt? Uh, some nice one. Um, man, uh, where is it? Uh, like... It, there's another thing because a lot of the NHL stores used to have uh, Fanatics as their main sponsors, and like since then, most of them have uh, have stopped because Fanatics is just terrible, and I've gone to their own thing. Like the Sharks, they used to be ran by Fanatics, and I hated it. And uh, now, now the Sharks are using their own uh, their own spot um their own merchandise uh sponsorship i i'm just trying to find the spurgeon one because the I, one that he signed yes yeah, here's that. another great one mcdavid <laughs> instead of 97 and 67 i don't know how you screw up the face of the league like that um where is it, it it's an incredible one i Anyway, what it is, is it's spelled Spurgeon or Spurgino um, instead of, obviously, Jared Spurgeon. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's terrible. And then also, Jared Spurgeon signed that jersey, which was incredible. I, uh, I love that, but I don't think I can find it. I'm going to scroll a couple more down here. I cannot find it for the life of me, but... I'm a, oh, here it is, Spurgino, and uh, Jared Spurgeon actually sp- spelled it that way. That's incredible. But, um, oh, 
I, I, I definitely hear what you're saying. Like, um, maybe Fanatics uh, is good. Maybe. But standing at a uh, point right now, they have not been good. I hate their brand. I hate their jerseys. As of right now, if this is what they put out, which is like their Fanatics jerseys now, I'm going to stop buying jerseys. And I used to collect jerseys a lot. Obviously, now I'm in college. Can't do that as much anymore. But, yeah, then I'll uh, I'll stop. And it sucks because I want to get my team's jersey. And who knows? Maybe Fanatics will have some cool designs, but they keep using this shit quality. I'm sorry I cursed, but that's exactly what Fanatics is. Then I'm not willing to buy anything from them. And... Again, it sucks, but I just do not like Fanatics. Now, maybe, like you said, they improve and because now they're in the spotlight. But corporations like Fanatics, I feel like, don't really give a crap about their actual fans. They just care about money. And realistically, people will still be buying Fanatics jerseys because people are that desperate. And that's what's going to happen, I feel like. But any other thoughts on this? Than this deal, I just kind of just gotta gotta hope that they step up their quality. Maybe you know the the and the NHL steps in like part of that ten year deal is like you have to actually step up your your quality. But who knows that? I don't know how much the NHL will care. I mean, uh, hopefully that with if they you know the quality stays the same. Hopefully they they see a dip in sales. You know, people stop buying them, and that kind of forces them to pick it up. So people actually start buying their jerseys. But, you know, we still have another year left with Adidas after this. So just stock up on the Adidas jerseys. Um, and uh, as expensive as they are, it's might, with, you know, it might come down to that. Well, and uh, Usually so. what happens when the NHL switches brands, because when they switched brands from Reebok to Adidas, all the Reebok jerseys went on sale for 50 bucks. So yeah. I would not be surprised if that happens with Adidas. So keep your eyes out because I, personally, me, I think the uh, the manufacturer of jer- of NHL jerseys that I've enjoyed the most has been Adidas. I did really like the Reebok ones. They were the Reebok, uh, at least uh, Edge ones, the ones that were authentic. Those were really nice. But I I just really like the Adidas jerseys. I like the design of them. I even like the dimples. I like the the structured logos and the 3D element of their logos, it's so nice. And uh, I'm going to miss them, man. Um, I got definitely snagged some more DS ones. The Buffalo Sabres uh, black with the goat head jersey, uh, that one is on my list. That's the next one you can get. But, man, uh, this might suck. And I'll just leave it at that. Um, let's go on to some playoff news. We got... Four teams that have clinched, Tyler, since we've t- spoken last. Uh, we're going to go through one of, uh, each of them one by one. We're going to talk about them a little bit, and we're going to talk about uh, you know, uh, what's been happening with them, how they got here, what we think they'll do in the playoffs. Um, it'll be fun. And actually, all of these are in the East. None of these are in the West. So are you ready? Yep. All right. We've already spoken about Boston. It looks like they have clinched the division. Yeah, they yep. did. And, and if... they could clinch the President's Trophy today. Uh, by the way, we are filming this on the evening of Tuesday, March 28th, before any of the games. Um, let's check who's winning. 
And Bruins Preds are tied right now uh, as we are recording this. Uh, so next team is going to be Carolina. They were the second team to clinch. They have a record of 47, 16, and 9, 103 points. This is the best season the Hurricanes have had because it is the fastest they've ever reached 100 points uh, ever in their franchise history. Uh, Carolina Hurricanes, Tyler. Yeah, um, they're good, but obviously Sveshnikov not being there for the rest of the season and the playoffs is going to hurt them a bit. Um, I, I think that they stay in the, the first seed there. I think they kind of have it locked up now. Uh, I think now it's closer between the Devils and the Rangers where he gets that two and three spot there. Who We'll talk about both of them in a second. But, uh, yeah, uh, I was much higher on the Hurricanes before the Sveshnikov injury. And I'm curious to see what their goalie situation is going into the playoffs because, I mean, Freddie Anderson has not been that great this season. But, you know, he's been solid in the past for them. Um, and, you know, he hasn't had the greatest playoff history, especially with, like, Toronto um, but, I mean, he's your veteran. I don't know if you want to rely on the rookie, uh, Pitor Koshnikov. Uh, Kochenkov. I, I think I'm saying it right. Uh, you know, he's been outplaying both Anderson and Ronta. I don't know if Ronta's healthy right now. He might be hurt. But uh, I'm curious to see if they go with the rookie who's been hot and probably the better goalie this season or the veteran that, you know, has playoff experience but isn't hasn't proven that he could take a team all the way in. Yeah, I mean, before the Svechkov uh, injury, the Canes were my favorite to go come out of the East uh, in terms of the Stanley Cup final, and now I am not sure because I think Svechnikov was a huge part of that team. He was one of their main offensive producers, maybe besides Aho. And obviously, they had already lost Pastoretti, and they didn't add much offense in the uh, trade deadline. Uh, so, I mean, maybe that's a good thing, but. That's also another thing I've noticed with the Canes. They're very scared to spend in the uh, in the deadline. I know they were uh, trying to get some of the big big names out there, and that's what they're always about. They're always around these big names, and then nothing really comes of it. But uh, Gossip Bear they added, and they also added uh, Jesse Pugliarvi. Um, I man, I I still really like the Canes. I think they can do some damage in the playoffs. I really like their defense. I think their defense is one of the best in the league. I think Brent Burns has been incredible this season, probably because he's been on a team that is more defensively sound. He's been used to being one of the main defensive and offensive guys, and Brent Burns is not a defensive guy. And being on a team with Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci, that's going and Bray Shea, and that that's going to change. I like Sebastian Ajo. I think he's a underrated player in this league. Maybe one of the most underrated players. Tivo Teravainen has been pretty decent this season. Um, I mean, Max Pacioretty even was decent for the couple games he played. Unfortunately, he got injured. I, I think all three goaltenders that they have are above average. I think Freddie Anderson proved last season that he's a really good goaltender. Auntie Ranta took them uh, to a couple wins in the playoffs last season. He can be strong. And Peter Kochenkov, uh, he's going to be the goaltender of the future. I think next season he's the starter because Anderson and Ranta's contracts end this season. So Kochenkov's definitely your starter next season. You have a lot more years with this team because Aho, Kakniemi, Slavin, Pesci, and Kochenkov, they're all 
on long-term deals, except Aho, who needs a new contract soon. But all these players are on long-term deals, and they're going to... They're young. They're going to rule that division, I feel like, for a while. I just... Now, with the Svechkov injury, and that's going to... He's not... There's Even if they go to the finals somehow, like he's not returning. I think that's really going to hurt them. Yeah. Um, like, uh, I like Freddie Anderson. Like, I think he's been solid in the past. But I know he hasn't been like as great this year as they hope. So that's just, I think their their one issue is if they face a team like the Lightning, the Rangers, even the Islanders. I think that you know, but all those teams have much stronger goaltending, and while the offense is there, I think that to, in order to win a cup, you need offense five v five and great goaltending. And while I think the the Hurricanes have good five v five and good defense. I think their one question mark is goaltending going into the playoffs. Yeah, Marty Natchez, I forgot to mention him. Yeah. He's been on fire this season, 68 points, uh, 41 assists. Sebastian Ajo leads the category in goals with 33, and he's second on the team with points with 62. Svechkov uh, was uh, third in points and had 55 points. And Brent Burns, 41 assists, ties Natchez uh, for assists. Uh, Jalen Chenfield has also randomly been good, and he's someone that, you know, came out of nowhere. Same with Stefan Nason. Like, he's been a solid contributor I mean, on the bottom six. And Nason scored almost 50 goals in the AHL last year. I mean, obviously, it's not the NHL, but still, getting close to that number is impressive. Yeah, I remember him with the Sharks. He was a good bottom line dude. Uh, he's really turned it around Carolina after kind of two seasons without a NHL appearance. Like we said, Brett Pesci and Jacob Slavin, incredible. Shane Gosper on there now. Like, that's great. Um, yeah, I I don't know about this one. Uh, all three goaltenders have a save percentage above 900. Kochenkov has 911. Uh, Anthony Ranta, uh, 907. And Freddie Anderson with 904. Goals against average. Anthony Ranta, not 2.32. Kochenkov 2.41, Freddie Anderson 2.45. Anderson leads team of wins. Shutouts belongs to Kochenkov. So I think Kochenkov is your again. Your Kochenkov is your starter next season. But yeah, that's my that's my guess. Where do you think they uh, go in the playoffs? Um, see this this one's tough for me because if if I'm being honest, I, I think if they face the Islanders in the first round, I don't know. I, I think that they have a good chance of losing there. I'll try not to put some bias in there, but I mean, it's just so hard to bet against the Islanders in the playoffs. There's such a, especially getting Barzell back in the first round. Without Barzell, they've been winning so much. And then getting him back, I think that it's just, it's hard to bet against goaltending in the playoffs. And I think that without uh, Sveshnikov, I think that the Islanders can get it done. If they play Pittsburgh, I think that they easily take care of Pittsburgh yeah. in like five or six games. Um, but uh, uh, I think that whoever comes out of the uh, Atlantic goes to the Cup now. I don't really see a Metro team going there. Yeah, no, I agree. But uh, I think it also depends who they play in the first round. And uh, to me, just they're they're going to get outmatched in goaltending every single series that they play. So uh, I think that their their ceiling is probably Eastern Conference Finals appearance. But uh, I, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose in the first round. I think uh, for me, I think... First round it will be easy for them. They've already taken care of the Islanders once. They've and that was when they didn't have all these offensive weapons like Marty Natchez, uh, Seth Jarvis, and now Brent Burns. Uh, I think they sweep Pittsburgh. If I'm honest, if they take if they take on Pittsburgh, um, so I think they easily get past the uh, 
first round. Uh, the second round might go seven games. They did have struggles against the Rangers last season. I think the Devils aren't as good as they are. Um, but I think Kane's team is better than both those teams who we'll talk about in a second. So I think they easily make it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's there where if they play Boston again, I just don't know about that one. Um, but, yeah, that's where we're at right now. Let's move on to the Devils. Uh, they have played 74 games. They are second in the division, locking up their first playoff appearance since 2017 or 18? 18. 18, 2018. Um, 46 wins, 20 losses, 8 OT losses for 100 points. Um, they're second in the Metro. Your thoughts on the Devils? Uh, I don't like the Devils at all. I think that if they play the Rangers, the Rangers sweep them. Maybe the Devils win a game. But I think this Devils team is built for the regular season. As of now, um, I, I, they're they're a pretty soft team. Every time I've watched the Devils this year, um, you know, you just kind of take Hughes out of it, and you know, you just hit them. You play physical against them. They do not uh, score against you. You know, they're they're obviously a really skilled and young team. Not a ton of playoff experience there. You kind of have Pollot as like your only playoff experience. And your goaltending going into the playoffs is Vanacek, who has like no playoff experience. Um, a little bit. What? Yeah, he played a little bit of, in the playoffs with the Capitals, but is, you know, is he you know the guy you want to rely on going into the playoffs, especially against such a talented team in the Rangers? Probably not. And then Blackwood, who really hasn't been great this year, struggle with injuries, or uh, Akira Shamid, who's you know a rookie who's been solid this year, but you know we've seen rookies do really good in the playoffs, and we've seen them do really bad. Uh, I just really don't like this Devils team in the playoffs. I, I actually think they're going to be good for a long time, but I think that they're in for a, a rude awakening in the first round. I think that they're going to get swept, losing five games, maybe six at best, but I, I really don't think they go far. Jack Hughes leads the team with 86 points. Uh, Nico Hishier with 70. Dougie Hamilton with 68. On goals, is Jack Hughes with 40. Timo Meyer with 35. Most of those are with the Sharks before he got traded. And Jasper Bratt is third with 31. Uh, Dougie Hamilton leads the team in assists with 49, followed by Hughes and Heeshear. And for goalies, we go to save percentage. Akira Schmid leads the team with .918. Vitek Vanacek with .909. And Mackenzie Blackwood with .900. Goals against... 2.24 for Schmid. Vanacek has 2.50. Blackwood has a 3.04. Um, yeah, I I think first off, um, this team has zero playoff experience. Only certain members of this team have had playoff experience. Damon Severson is one that went to the playoffs with them back in 2018. I'm not sure if Hishir was on that team yet. Uh, uh, I think he was. He was drafted in 2017. Yeah. I think Hishir was there, but he was more in like a, a limited rule then he wasn't as good as he is now oh absolutely and then i mean Pilat who won the cups and uh hamilton has some and hamilton with, uh, probably has the most playoff experience and, out of this whole uh, team tatar has and a little bit i would say Tino and eric Meyer. Halla. and eric Halla. yeah because hollow went to the stanley cup finals of vegas um dougie hamilton went all the way to the third round of carolina that one year and has consistently made the playoffs with carolina before he signed with New Jersey. Uh, Timo Meyer went to the third round of the Western Conference Finals with the Sharks. Um, and then Thomas Tatar went to the Stanley Cup Final with the Canadians. Um, so there's a little bit of experience on here, but I, I just think they need more experience. I think right now, you mentioned, they're not very constructed for the playoffs. There's not a lot of 
grit and physicality. I feel like this is a team that is very offensively heavy loaded. You have a good defense in Ryan Graves and uh, John Marino and Jonas Siegenballer. Uh, but none of those guys really scream defense besides John Marino. Siegenballer, maybe. Um, I just do not like them going up against a more skilled team in, in the Rangers that have been in the playoffs multiple times and their new components have also been to the playoffs uh multiple times i think that that series is gonna be great i don't think they'll get swept but i think it will be a six maybe five game series i just i don't know i don't have faith in this team i could be easily uh wrong um like anything can happen but as right now I wouldn't put any bets on Devils going anywhere in the playoffs. So what do you think their ceiling and stuff is? Um, I, I still don't think they win around. I think their ceiling is taking the Rangers to seven games. If they somehow squeeze out a win in that series, which I, I really don't think is going to happen, I don't see them getting past the second round. Um, my, my thing is, is that uh, I guess the playoffs, but the Rangers fans invade the Rock every time they play there. I mean, we've seen it in the past, like, Tampa fans invade Florida when they play there. And, like, obviously it's the playoffs, so there's going to be more Devils fans rather than Rangers fans. But I don't think the Devils are going to have a true home ice advantage just because always you get Rangers fans just invading that building. There's always a ton of them there. So, I mean, uh, even if the Devils get home ice, I think the Rangers fans are going to make themselves known in New Jersey when they play there. And uh, I just, I really don't like uh, the Devils in the playoffs this year. That, I think that that could change, you know. But recently, they've played a ton of playoff teams, and they've just been losing to them every time. Playing These teams have been playing playoff-style hockey against them, and they just haven't been able to find a way to win against them. Yeah, um, that matchup is pretty much set in stone. So let's talk about the other team that's going to be in that matchup, the New York Rangers. They have a record of 43, 20, and 10 right now with 96 points. They are third in their division. Let's pull up the Rangers stats. Um, and then, obviously, some big additions in the trade deadline, like Patrick Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko. Currently, Artemi Panarin leads the team in points with 82. Mika Zibanejad with 79. And Adam Fox with 65. Goals, Mika Zibanejad with 37. Chris Kreider with 32. And Artemi Panarin with 24. Assists, uh, Artemi Panarin with 58. Adam Fox with 54, and Mika Zibanejad with 42. Obviously, one of their big components and what got them so far last season in the playoffs was Igor Shesterkin. He's had a little bit of a step back. Goals against average for him is 2.55 and uh, save percentage of 0.914. Yaroslav Halak has a goals against average of 2.68 and a save percentage of 0.905. Your thoughts on the New York Rangers? Well, I think obviously the X factor there is just Sturkin. I mean, I think that if he plays the way he did in last year's playoffs, then um, they, they could easily go to the cup, maybe even win it. But, you know, if you get the Shesterkin that they have had for most of the season, who's been good, but not this elite Vezina winner, then, you know, I, I think that, you know, maybe they're another second or third round exit. But then you've added guys who have won cups and performed big time in the cups in Kane and Tarasenko. I think that adds a lot. Um, I don't think that their defense is is that strong. Uh, obviously, Adam Fox is one of the best defensemen in the league. 
Uh, Truba is, you know, he's, I think he's more of a playoff guy just because he's pretty physical. It's more cool. of a Ryan Reeves sort of player, I feel like. I, he isn't the greatest defenseman, but I feel like he's kind of built for those, like, big playoff moments, those big hits. Um, and then you you have you have a lot of uh, guys like uh, Keandre Miller, um, Mikula, you know, th- who are, are okay defensemen, not the greatest. So I think a lot of their their, uh, their players will come down to Shesterkin, and obviously they have the elite guys that could score. I think their ceiling is obviously going to the cup and winning it, but uh, I think that that they'll make a run. But I don't know if if I if I trust them yet to fully win the cup, especially with guys like Kako and Lafreniere who really haven't you know been playing up to their abilities. Obviously, they have more playoff experience now, going to the third round last year. But um, uh, I think that if those guys you know were to produce more, then uh, this team would be my cup pick. As much as I hate to say it, but you know. If the secondary scoring isn't there, I don't think that they they go past the third round. I think for me, their ceiling is the cup final. I wouldn't say winning a cup because I just feel like there are better teams, uh, at least a couple out west and a couple in the east, that can I uh, have better uh, um, hope on winning the cup. But I think the Rangers could really go on a run and could really surprise some people because a lot of people have been saying, oh, they've been pretty bad this season and I, they haven't been as good as everyone thought they would be, but I think they are better in New Jersey. I think Patty Kane and Vladimir Tarasenko are going to fit in better once you hit the playoffs because obviously they've been in the playoffs a lot and they know how to perform in the playoffs. So I think it will improve. Your main X factor, as you mentioned, is Shesterkin. Um If he plays lights out God tier mode like he did last season, I could totally see him winning the cup. But as of right now, you're not getting like that elite goaltender that will carry you all the way. You're getting a good goaltender, though. Um, so I think they easily take out the Devils in that first round. Um, and then you go on, uh, see what Carolina's about, see whoever comes out of the Atlantic. But I still like everyone in the Atlantic division better than the Rangers. But that's not to discredit this Rangers team because I think they're pretty decent. Yeah, and uh, I think it's kind of similar to what we saw in 2014 uh, where, you know, you know, you have – Lundqvist, if you get similar play like uh, from Shesterkin that Lundqvist did, I think they could go to the Cup. But uh, I just think that Rangers team in 2014, they were super talented. Just the team out West was just better, and no matter how good your goalie is, if the team out West is just better than you are, then you're just not going to win. Toronto is the other team and the final team that has clinched so far. Uh, 73 games played, 44-20-9 is the record of 97 points. They are led in points by Mitchell Marner with 94, William Nylander with 81, and Austin Matthews, Coyotes legend, with 77. And goals, you got William Nylander actually leading them with 36, Austin Matthews tied with 36, John Tavares with 32. In assists, you got Mitchell Marner with 66, William Nylander with 45, and John Tavares with 43. Your thoughts? on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Also, they haven't changed Mark Giordano's profile. He's still wearing the Kraken jersey. The Maple Leafs are so tough for me because they it's just so hard to pick them to win a playoff series because they haven't done it, especially if they go up against Tampa. Again, I hate betting against Tampa. I think they're so good in the playoffs. But um, it's just this Toronto team just feels a little bit different, especially with everyone they got at the trade deadline. But I, it's all going to come down to is will those big guys perform in the playoffs 
every single year in the past, Marner, Matthews, Nylander, they've all disappeared in the playoffs. No, not really putting up any points, not really scoring at all. So, you know, if those guys show up, this Toronto team is really good. And, I mean, they got guys who have won cups, been in the playoffs, like O'Reilly. He's supposed to be back for the playoffs. Um, even guys like Luke Shen just have a ton of experience. Uh, he's been in the playoffs before. Um, I, I believe, did Eric Gustafson win a cup with Chicago or no? Mm-hmm. He might have. Um, so, you know, I, I think that this Toronto team is deep and they're good. But uh, it's it's just so hard to bet against Tampa because I – we all know they're going up against Tampa again in the first round. Yeah. So I, I think if there's a year that I was confident Toronto was going to win a playoff series, it's this one. I think if they have to go against Boston in the second round, they don't get past them. But um, also their goalies, are they're weird because uh, I believe it's Samsonov is really good at home and Murray is really good on the road. So I'm interested what they do there because both goalies have been, have been good this year. But I mean, do you really trust Samsonov and Murray in the playoffs? Who knows? They might be as good as they've been the regular season, or they might choke. Murray was really good in the cup rounds with Pittsburgh when he when uh he played over Fleury, but recently he was really bad. Like uh, in their few years where they lost to the Islanders, he was not good in the playoffs. So we'll see what they do there. Uh, yeah, speaking of the goaltenders, goal Ilya Samsonov with 2.46 goals against average and a .914 save percentage. Matt Murray with a .905 save percentage and he has a 2.97 GAA. Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now. If there was any year that Tehran can do this, finally exercise their demons. Because ever since the year that they took on the Capitals the, uh, in 2017, they've gotten eliminated every year in the, in the first round. Besides 2020, where they got eliminated before the first round. How you did that, I don't know. But listen, I absolutely love their trade deadline acquisitions. I love them because Ryan O'Reilly, Eric Gustafson, Luke Shen, Jake McCabe, Sam Lafferty, can't forget them, and Noel Chari. All six of those fabulous exit or acquisitions, and you didn't have to give up a whole lot to get these uh, players. Matthews hasn't been as good as last season. Obviously, 36 goals, that's a big step back from his 60-something last year. Uh, But it's been a lot more of a group scoring rather than one guy scoring, and then he disappears in the playoffs. They were close to being Toronto, or sorry, Tampa, last season. I think this is a team with better goaltending. I think this is a team of better defense. I think this is a team of a deeper offense. I think, obviously, they're going to play Tampa this year. Tampa has struggled recently. That uh, Tanner Juneau trade, man, that's uh, that's an interesting one. But uh, this is the year, I think. I haven't said that any other year. I didn't say that last year or when they had Joe Thorne. I didn't say any of that. No. This is. I think this is their season, the, the first season the Maple Leafs Win a playoff round since 2004. It's it's so hard to to bet against Tampa for me. They, I, know, I yeah I agree. A team that's gone to the Cup finals in three straight years. You know, it's like I just can't bet against Vasilevsky in the playoffs. You know, as much as they've struggled this year, um, I don't know if Tampa's my pick to go all the way mm-hmm. this year. But I I just think that Vasilevsky won't let them be a first round exit this year. Well, 
Let me ask you this. If Toronto gets out of the first round, let's say, theoretically, Boston isn't the giant killer, like, holy crap, they're so freaking good, historically great uh, team they are in the playoffs, and they kind of struggle in their first round, but still, you know, dispatch with their opponents. Who do you think wins? Um... In a temp in a Toronto Boston series, yeah, uh, I think Boston has has their number. But do you think it goes deep? Yeah, I think it'll go to six or seven games. I think that would be a great series. But uh, I think if Toronto gets out of the first round, I I don't think they win the second round. As uh, I think Toronto's like ceiling is the Cup final. I know that's bold, and all the Toronto fans are right now gasping and like like excited that I said that but listen I think the one season that Toronto finally gets past the first round I think sky's the limit for them because they're on a whole new level however like you said I can totally see Tampa taking them out in six or five because this is Tampa we can't underrate them and they haven't clinched yet we'll talk about them when they clinch and we'll talk about the playoff series when we get there but I I really like this Toronto team, and at this point, I like them better than Tampa, but at the same time, I I know what Tampa's up to. I know those sneaky little rats are uh, down there in Florida saying, oh man, we're going we're gonna to go on another freaking Stanley Cup run, but uh, who knows? Uh, any final thoughts on, on uh, Tampa, or sorry, Toronto? Uh, no, I think it also comes down to O'Reilly's health. They say he's supposed to be back for the playoffs, maybe by the end of the regular season. If he's 100% ready to go by the playoffs, that is so huge. Guy who literally won the Conn Smythe before. Yeah. Uh, just getting him for in the playoffs is so huge. Even without uh, O'Reilly, I think that obviously they're still a good team, but getting him back would just, I think that could be the thing that pushes them over the top. Let's quickly go through uh, the teams that were eliminated um from the playoffs i'm not getting we're not gonna go in that whole deep dive like we did but the first team that was eliminated uh this season uh, this is the first uh the san jose sharks who have a league worse yep a league worse record of 19 39 and 15 with 53 points yeah um you're probably happy about that oh yeah uh We'll see what happens if they could could hold this out for the rest of the year. Uh, see if they'll pass or anybody will pass them for worse in the league. If you're a Sharks fan, you got to be uh, pretty happy right now. Yeah, I mean the tank hard for Bedard campaign is uh, full fledged. Do I think we get Bedard? No, because nothing good can happen to this franchise. But man, we are certainly in uh, last place of the league. I don't think. The Sharks, I think they've only finished last in the league like once or twice. Ah, uh, I mean, they won the tank battle against Columbus. That was a great game. Um, it was could never be a bigger Columbus fan than that game. But, um, yeah, they suck. Um, they have, uh, man, they have issues. Obviously, now they've traded away their most youthful and uh, offensively best player. Um, although there's a lot of good things to look forward to if you're a Sharks fan. Obviously, William Eklund's eight-game stint in the NHL was incredible. Absolutely incredible. I was screaming so hard when he scored his first goal. 
um, in the NHL. Uh, right before I went to Boston, Thomas Bordlow has been lighting up the AHL. Tristan Robbins down there having another good season down there. Your goaltending uh, with McEnemy, um and Ben Gaudreau, they look very solid. And they can, I mean, you still have Cockney Emmy, but I don't know what he is to the to the franchise. James Reimer is probably going to be gone, if not this offseason, next offseason. Uh, you got Henry Thurn came over from the Ducks in the trade deadline. He signed his ELC. He's going to play Thursday. I'm very hyped about that. Uh, Alex Barbanov, you still have. He's a very underrated player. I mean, you still have Tomas Hurdle. You still have Logan Couture, although a bit older. Eric Carlson having... You're going to get a haul for Eric Carlson. Um, and even the players brought over from the New Jersey trade. Uh, Fabian Zetterlin has been decent so far with the Sharks. Akinchuk hasn't played a game yet, but he's going to with the Barracuda um, soon. He could be a great player for them. There's a lot of good things currently that the Sharks have. They just do not have that one player that's going to put them over the edge. And if they draft within the top three, which if they finish 32nd, they're 100% guaranteed to or 95 yeah, I'm basically. Sure I'm sure guaranteed top three with the it's, worst record. It's, very, it's a very high percentage. So you're going to get Adam Fentelli, Leo Carlson, or the man himself, Connor Bedard, who please come to San Jose. Um... So there's a lot. Obviously, Sharks fans have never really experienced this tank, have experienced a rebuild, but I think they could come out of this better than they ever have before and not just be perennial first or second round exits, but actually go to the Stanley Cup final multiple times, more times than they ever have because uh, they've only been once. So, uh, Next team is Columbus. They have a 23-42-7 record with 53 points. The tank continues in Ohio. Your thoughts on the Jackets? Well, uh, I hope Johnny Gaudreau enjoys his uh, eight-hour drive home to be close to his family in the offseason, get some nice golf in there. Wow. I mean, uh, it's weird. Everybody, Everybody's involved in that situation. It's probably going to miss the playoffs between Gaudreau, Tachuk, Huberdo. They're all mm-hmm. going to miss. But uh, just... Columbus, they've also been plagued by injuries this year. I think uh, it's between them and uh, the Flyers, maybe. You know, the Flyers have been plagued, but Columbus has been one of the most injured teams in the league this year. Not a terrible roster, especially if they get the top three pick, getting one of those guys could be good. They have some really good prospects with, like, Deercheck. I know Sillinger hasn't been great this year, but he's still good. Kent Johnson has been really good. Yeah. Um, so uh, I think Columbus is def- probably in the the best spot out of all the rebuilding teams just because they still have a solid roster with some really good players. And getting a top three pick, they could make a push for the wild card next year. The one thing I don't like, I don't like their coach. I don't think Brad Larson's a, a great coach. So I think if they make a change there, get a top three pick, even get Bedard, then they, they could be good again next year. Yeah, I fully expect Columbus to be decent next season because as you mentioned you have all these great players you got Marochenko you forgot to mention but you also mentioned Sillinger Johnson uh Juracek like you got all these great players and you got even more coming up you got that dude from San Jose um forgot his name Hunter McCown yeah Hunter McCown like he looked pretty good in his debut um and then you got some great goaltending still. Uh, you have Elvis Merzlikens. You have another great goaltender prospect coming up. I don't have his name on the top of my list. But you also have Johnny Gaudreau, obviously having a down year. But be, besides Patrick Line, who is also going to still be on the team, who else do you have uh, currently that is healthy? 
Um, also, um, they still have Wawrinski, who's been out for most of the season. So. Yeah, and then, uh, I mean, Alexander Texier is still over in France, but he could return next season. He was a great player when he played for Columbus in the couple of years past. Um, you still have Jack Roslevic, and he could be traded, but he's been uh, decent with the Jackets, a good like third, fourth line. You have Adam Boquist. You have Jack, or, sorry, Jake Bean. Like, you have a lot of good pieces, and if you add someone like Adam Fantelli, Leo Carlson, Connor Bedard, this team's going to be stacked, and that could be exciting because Blue Jackets have never had a sustained amount of success. They are obviously the uh, second least uh, successful team if you want to put the Kraken in there, but I, I won't because I think the Kraken make the playoffs this season, uh, and that's more than what Columbus has done because they've only been past the first round once in their 25-year history, so almost 25-year. Um, so, yeah, I think they could be fully stacked. Um, so, like San Jose, like, brighter times are uh, only a couple more years away. And, like, for Columbus, I think it's sooner than maybe some of these teams. There's maybe one or two teams that uh, I could see potentially having a quicker turnaround one of those is not Chicago. Uh, they have a record of 24, 43, and 6. They have kind of fallen over, fallen behind the Bedard tank. Tyler, the Hawks, what do you think? Yeah, um, I don't know how they're not last because this is legitimately the worst NHL roster I've ever seen in my life. I just, uh, my friend pointed this out to me the other day. Their leading point score, obviously they traded um, Kane, but their yeah. leading point score right now is Taylor Radish with 33 points. Which is absolutely insane. Jesus Christ. Um, and he has 20 goals. They have three players with more than 10 goals. And one of them is Jonathan Taze, who has not even played in a, a while. And one of them is uh, Seth Jones, who has exactly 10. So besides that, you have Radish with 20 and Anthony C with 14. Besides that, none of their players have more than 10 goals. Um, it's just crazy to me. This roster is awful. They have one, two, three, four, five, seven players with more than 20, t- more than 20 points. It's just this roster is extremely bad. And um, obviously their goal isn't to win games, and a lot of these guys aren't going to be here in the future. But this team, just even the guys that are on the team now are just so bad. Right? Yeah. Like, I mean, personally, a lot of them aren't terrible players. Like, I like Taylor Radish. I think he's a fine player. Seth Jones obviously isn't great. Anthony Sioux is, like, okay. But the they just don't really have, like, solid players. Their prospect pool is okay. I really like Lucas Reichel. Yeah, but, uh, I, I think that I think they're my pick to get Bedard. Honestly, I I don't think the draft lottery is is rigged necessarily. I know some people uh, they have the idea of that, <laughs> but I mean I just think that this is kind of similar to like when they got Kane. You know, they kind of need that franchise piece to turn it all around, and uh, I think that Chicago is my pick to get Bedard. I think that the NHL would love to to give an original him to an original six team. But um, I, I think they're, it's just the worst roster I've ever seen. Oh, it's terrible. It's awful. <laughs> I don't know how, but their goaltending has been kind of carrying them because yeah. Alex Stalock has been great. And Stalock was on the Sharks last season, played like one or two games, was completely awful. But he's been good for them out of the blue. Peter Mrazic and uh, Anton Hudobin now also like – somehow saving this franchise. But as, they, as you mentioned, a lot of the players that were carrying this team, at least offensively, are gone. Max Domi, Patrick Kane, Jake McCabe. Um, 
they basically threw out the remaining parts of their of their house besides Andreas Afanasiu. I'm surprised they didn't trade him. Um, so, like you said, Kirby Reichel I think is really good. That's a good pickup for the Hawks. But besides that, you don't really have a lot. This team is going to suck for a while. I, I guess you have Seth Jones too, but Jesus Christ. Poor, poor Seth Jones. Jonathan Tay is out potentially retiring. Like, this team sucks. <laughs> this team sucks so hard. And this team is not going – even if they get Bedard, there's nothing around him. Yeah. And I think it's going I, to I take – I think that will hurt his development. I do too. I think that's going to really uh, – suck for him i think that's gonna suck for fans of hockey and i don't think we'll see like the amount of potential they could he could possibly have with this team i really hope they do not get bedard because i mean first off they've won cups in the past 10 years obviously they won three um in 2010 2013 and 2015 so let columbus san jose even even anaheim have a chance in the future in the near future um but also, obviously, the sexual assault scandal. I feel like, man, that just, ugh, disgusting. Also, it, I wonder what the the lowest amount of points is for a player to lead a team because they're they're not even guaranteed to have a forty point guy. I mean, they have I think ten games left, and yeah. their leading score is still seven points away from forty. I mean, you look at the teams now who've been eliminated; they all have uh, some uh, some good players who are near the top of the NHL in scoring. If you like Carlson. Um, you know, Goodrell and the Blue Jackets, uh, Zegers and Terry on the Ducks. The Blackhawks just don't have any of that. I mean, even look at bad teams in the past when the Avalanche were horrible. Duchesne was a consistent sixty-point guy. Uh, like all these bad teams have had players that you know you throw some prospects with them could get them points. Like I'm, I'm worried about these these prospects. They don't really yeah. have a lot of people to bounce off of each other. So you know they kind of are forced to put a lot of the scoring on themselves, which I think puts a lot of pressure on them and will hurt their development. I mean, Seth Jones was their all-star. Yeah. I think that's enough said. Uh, Anaheim, 23-41-10 with 56 points, but the main thing that catches my eyes is the goal differential of 112. Ah, that's incredible. Uh, you want to start with the Ducks? Yeah, that that defense. We talk about Chicago's roster is, is awful. That defense is one of the worst i've i've ever, ever witnessed yeah i mean even when they had klingberg they just don't have anybody who's just sound defensively they, i mean obviously cam fowler isn't a terrible defenseman but you know he's not known for shutting down guys and i mean most of their defense are either really young and you know either inexperienced or just um you know fringe nhl guys besides like shattenkirk and fowler they have like harrington drysdale's been out for the season i honestly can't tell you a ton of their other defensemen but i just I just know that their defense struggles a lot. It obviously hurts John Gibson, who has been pretty... He has been the best this year, but that defense doesn't help him out. But they're obviously an offensive-minded team. Their whole thing is just scoring goals. They have a ton of talented offensive players, like uh, Zegers, Terry, um, McTavish. So uh, I think the Ducks have some pieces there, but I think they're a long ways away, especially with uh, their coach. I don't think Dallas Eagans is a great coach. Mm-hmm. I think that I think they see they, he sticks around for their rebuild, but I think the Ducks are are probably the the second furthest team away in my opinion. I think Chicago is down there, and then probably the Ducks, probably the furthest away, just because 
while the offense might be there, I think it's going to take them a while to rebuild that defense back up. I don't know if I would fr- if I threw someone that is in playoff con- that is still technically in playoff contention that could be lower than them. obviously Chicago, but Vancouver because they're just freaking lost. Yeah. Calgary because I think their team is mid. Um, but I mean uh, Anaheim. Wow, that defense is absolutely atrocious. You don't really have anyone back there. Uh, you have Jamie Drysdale, and that's about it. Um, obviously, they have some great offensive prospects like Trevor Zegers, Mason McTavish having a decent uh, rookie season. Uh, Troy Terry is obviously still bursting out. The goaltending, obviously, John Gibson. I think he's sh- why isn't he traded? I think he's going to be the next Jacob Chikrin where we're discussing him getting traded every other day. Um, and... They do have a good goaltender prospect yeah. in Lucas Dostal coming up. Um, but besides those core offensive guys and Lucas Dostal, you don't really have much on your defense besides, again, Jamie Drysdale. Um, yeah, that goal differential is just absolutely atrocious. And obviously, um, John Klingberg, when he was there, didn't really do anything. Ah, uh, man, I think they're... I think they're further away. Like, a lot of people were saying, like, the Ducks are closer to playoff contention than the Sharks. I don't think I, so. I look at the Ducks and the Sharks prospect. Oh, sorry. Sharks and Ducks prospect pool, and it might sound biased here, but I think the Sharks are simply better because I, I like the core of William Eklund, Thomas Bordlow, Tristan Robbins, Henry Thurn, and then who they have right now, along with the goaltenders they have in their system. I like that better than Zegers, Mason McTavish, Lucas Dostal, and Jamie Drysdale. And then who else do you have? Troy Terry, maybe. Um, besides that, though, like, I don't know, man. I think uh, they're also, I mean, most of these teams, if they get a Connor Bedard, Adam Pantelli, Leo Carlson type of player. But I think any of the top five, including Mitchell Mitchkoff, could be great for the Ducks. Yeah, and also... Uh... The, the Sharks have some great defensive prospects. Uh, getting Muka Madulin and the other guy from the Devils. Uh, yeah. I, I'll chuck something like that. Yeah. And getting a third. I think those are some great defensive prospects. To me, the Ducks don't really have a ton uh, down the pipeline on defense, just like like defensive-wise. Yeah. They could just be like a shutdown defenseman. And um, I obviously think Drysdale's going to be great. But, you know, he's your offensive guy going forward. He's your power play quarterback of the future. And so uh, I just think that you know you could you could win games seven to six. I mean we've seen it happen a bunch of times, but it, it's just you you can't really rely on just outscoring the other team every day. You got to have some structure on that defense. And I think you look at all of the teams besides Chicago, um, Anaheim is just like has one of the worst defensive sh- structure teams that we've ever seen. Yeah, uh, the final team that has gotten eliminated are the Arizona Coyotes. 27, 35, and 13 for 67 points. Montreal can get eliminated. They're lower currently than Arizona, but they can get eliminated uh, today. So we'll talk about them next week, most likely. But Arizona is the final team we'll talk about. Your thoughts on the Coyotes? Um, uh, this the Coyotes. I, I think they're they're gonna be good in a few years, like very good in a few years. But my thing with the the Coyotes is just that. You look at who they're they're rostering for some of these games, and they're just pulling out wins. Like, a lot of these bad teams, the games are just not competitive. I feel like every game the Coyotes are in is competitive. They're taking good teams, uh, tying them, taking them deep into the third tie, taking them into overtime. They might not be winning those games, 
but you know I think they're on the right track and I, I love Andre Turingi I think that he's been done such a good job but I mean besides obviously Keller Schmaltz and Hayden have been great but I mean they have such a good prospect cool coming um, they might be getting a top five pick potentially getting somebody who could be a, a franchise cornerstone along with Logan Cooley um, and I just think they're headed in such a good direction I think that they have the guy they have a lot of guys there now who are going to be a part of the future and um I just think that they're, Bill Armstrong's done a really good job. And I think out of all of the the teams that are, like, you know, rebuilding now who are looking to get a top-five pick, that the Coyotes probably have – are probably the closest to contending besides maybe Columbus. Yeah, I think Columbus, like, especially if you get that – one of those top three picks, which they most likely will – I agree with you, which is something we – a lot of people have not said in the past, like – Arizona can be I I fully expect them to contend for a wild card spot next not next season but the following season because you'll you'll have all your rookies in but let's talk about this season real quick Clay and Keller wow what an unbelievable season from him he's so freaking good imagine him on like a better team ah man Rick Tockett just really hurt his development obviously Rick Tockett is a more defensive minded coach he's more of a good assistant coach i feel like than a head coach meanwhile andre turney has just really unlocked him and i i want that's the next one i want to talk about andre turney man like he's been incredible with this team like holy crap man um if he if you don't have all these great coaches already and the the uh, coach of the year award is for losing coaches that are on losing teams but have, like man Andre Turney would win that that award. Um, I, if the Coyotes get rid of him, they are stupid. I'm gonna say that right now. Um, uh, Nick Schmaltz, back bounce back year. Uh, Barrett Hayden coming out of nowhere. Uh, he's resurrected his career. Obviously, I think his development was one of the yeah. uh, players that was worse, like the worst development by the Coyotes because of Rick Tockett. Uh, same can be said about Soderstrom. I don't know. I haven't heard a lot about him. He's obviously been up and down this whole season, but he's still there. Maybe he flourishes under Andre Turney like everyone has. I mean, even Jack McBain has been somewhat decent this season. He wasn't someone that you look at and you look, he's like, oh, that's an extra scratch. He's been seriously good. Shane Gostasper, before he got traded, was having a great year. Jacob Chikrin was having a great season. Kirill Vamelka having a great season. Connor Ingram has had a bounce back. Friggin' UC Valk... Uh, uh, wow, I can't say UC Valk... UC Valamaki. UC Valamaki. I don't know why I can't say that name. He's been having a great year. Um, yeah, I just love what Andre Turney has done. I love Clayton Keller. He's so freaking good. So fun to watch. And then you look at the prospects of who they have coming up. You have, obviously, Logan Cooley. Oh, man, he's so good. He's super good. He's going to be a great player. I think he might be the best player from that draft, honestly. I really yeah. do think that. Um, you have other players, too. Um, you have Dylan Gunther. You have... Uh, Josh Doan, who is now with Tucson. I don't think he'll be a top-line player or anything, but he's going to be a good depth forward. Um, you have Maverick Lamoureux, who's going to be a great defenseman. You have Logan Cooley, or I already said Logan Cooley. 
Yep, thank you, Geeky, who's been great. Connor Geeky's just looked great this season in the WHL. I fully expect Cooley and Geeky to come for five, ten games later this season, anytime soon. And then Matias Michelli. I got to talk about him real quick because he's been at the fabulous playmaker. If he doesn't get a Calder nomination this season, I am going to be upset because he's been incredible. He's going to be the second scoring in rookies. Not sure if he'll pass Beniers, but I think he should get second uh, runner-up for the Calder because he's been just that good. I really like this Coyotes team. I am tired of hearing crap about them. I am tired of people crapping on mullet because, holy crap, that... It's been electrifying. Like they've had a they've, fabulous, they're extremely good there. They don't lose at Mullet, really. They have a fabulous record yeah. there, and it's great because you're you're obviously boosting your attendance, and you're also boosting the the people from ASU going. Like there are games that you can barely find on Coyotes U because people are going, and then you got obviously the best news the Coyotes can hope for this the, the rest of the season is not getting the first overall pick. But actually, uh, their arena bill game passed. That happens in May. We'll cover that, obviously. But I think after so many years of garbage, Bill Armstrong and Andre Turney, and he can throw Clayton Keller in that because I think he'll be captain, um, have done a great job at resurrecting this franchise. And uh, I think that something that gets underlooked is the defense because... They traded away Gosses Fair and Chikrin, and this defense now is just full of just like throwaways, you know, guys that people just assume are not good. I think their their top four right now is uh, Volomaki, Patrick Nemeth, like Josh Brown, Soderstrom. You could throw Connor Mackey or Michael Kesselring in there. Yeah. These guys are, you know, when you think of NHL defensemen, you don't think of any of these guys. A lot of them are just like throwaways. They got Volomaki off waivers, I think. Yep. Nemeth was given to them. Uh, Josh Brown was just like a cheap free agent signing. Um, none of these guys are, are really anything close to elite. And they, they've they been very good, this defense right here. The, uh, I watched the Yotes-Oilers uh, game a few days ago, and they were shutting down McDavid and Dryside. Obviously, it's hard to do that for a whole game. But there were shifts where McDavid would try and bring it into the zone, and the Yotes would just shut him down. Um, they've been, especially recently, since they traded away everybody, it just looks like they're all having fun out there, which is what you want to see. Um, they don't really care about any of the, the outside noise. And they're just, you know, I, I think this is a group that's really close and they're just playing, you know, hockey the way they want to. And I think that's that's great. And uh, I really hope that a lot of this core stays together because I, I really think that once they start competing, this this team is going to go far and on some yeah. playoff runs. Yeah, I mean, Edmund, like they've played Edmonton twice in the past two weeks. They've lost by one goal in both those games. They played Colorado, the defending Stanley Cup champions, twice. They've lost in OT or the shootout. Um, I'm looking at their schedule. They're losing the crappy teams, maybe on purpose. They won against Tampa. They won against Boston earlier in the season. Like, they've won against some really, really good teams, like the top teams in the league, like Toronto. (laughs) Toronto lost both times to them. And Colorado, they even stole a win from Colorado. I mean, that's impressive by a team that is rebuilding and they've got they've stolen wins from these these top tier teams, including Boston, who's going to win the President's Trophy. Tampa, who's I mean they went to the Stanley Cup final for the past three seasons. Toronto, who looks like a powerhouse. 
and they've kept it close with teams like Edmonton, who has the best player in the league on their team. Even getting wins against Minnesota, who's been really, really good in the past couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I just think that they're they're tanking the right way because instead of you know getting blown out by good teams, you know losing every single game like some of these teams are doing. You know they're losing games, but they're keeping it close. They feel like they're in every game. I think that's mm-hmm. so big for their confidence. Yeah. And any final thoughts before we flip on to the next topic? Uh, no. I, I mean, uh, I I'm just excited for the future of the Yotes, especially being here in, yeah. in Arizona. It's just kind of fun to to just see just everything that's being built over cool. there. I want a playoff mullet. So, yeah. um, that would be awesome. Kind of going on that same topic though. Our next topic is we're gonna go through this quickly because. We did to spend a lot of time about that stuff. Uh, Josh Stone, obviously, blowing away what we thought would happen. He's committing full time to the AHL. Uh, excuse me. Uh, he signed a his uh, entry level deal. He's with the Tucson Roadrunners. He scored a goal. Your thoughts on Josh Stone, real quick? Um, yeah, I think that he'll be a, a solid depth guy for the future. Uh, I don't think he plays in the NHL games this year. I think if he has a hot start in Tucson next year, uh, he'll definitely earn a call-up. Um, uh, obviously, I love Josh Doe and just being at AAC, watching him play. Um, uh, I really hope that he becomes a, a great contributor full-time for the, the Coyotes. Um, glad glad to see him uh, get his first goal in Tucson. I think that's his only point currently. He has two points. Uh, he has two assists. points. All right. So um, hopefully he gets a lot of minutes down there to, to uh, you know, get some great playing time against some, uh, you know, obviously a lot of the AHL guys aren't like the top, top talent, but it's still a, a tough league to play in. So I think that that's the best thing for him right now. And then, you know, he if he lights it up in Tucson next year, he's definitely getting that call up. Yeah, uh, with 39 games uh, with the Sun Devils this season, 38 points, six games with Tucson so far. Two points, but he's a plus three. I think uh, you keep him down there until next season when after the trade deadline, then maybe you call him up, seeing how he's doing. So far, he's kind of struggled so far in the transition, but, I mean, that's that's more than expected. Uh, Toronto 6 won the PHF Championship here at Mullet. Uh, that is the Women's Hockey League. Any thoughts about the Toronto 6? It was an overtime winner, right? Yes. Uh, I thought... Um, the only thing I didn't like is I'm pretty sure it was a three-on-three. Three. Yes. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of doing that in the, the championship game. Agreed. But, uh, I mean, it's cool to see that uh, women's hockey coming to a, a bigger stage, pro women's hockey. You were there, right? Yeah, I was there. Uh, it was a good game between the two. A lot, actually, decent amount of people showed up to support the Toronto Six and the Minnesota Whitecaps playing for the Isabel Cup. Um it was a good game. I enjoyed it. I obviously cover women's hockey here at ASU. Uh, unfortunately, can't get past tur- uh, tourneys uh, or national tourneys this year. But I think uh, from what I'm hearing, they're going to have an amazing team next season. But going on, back onto the topic, it was a, it was a great game. Uh, the one thing I would recommend to them is change that uh, OT system. Don't make it three on three. And if they play that whole period, with OTE, then it goes to a shootout, and that is dumb. Do not let your championship be decided by a shootout. Uh, I wouldn't. I want them to start bringing teams out here, though. Obviously, like you can't expect to have a lot of fans on the West Coast when all your teams are literally on the East Coast. Like you have Montreal, Toronto, Minnesota. Um, you have Metro. You have Connecticut, and you have. Is there a team in Buffalo? Buffalo is the everyone. The Buffalo Buttes. 
um, you can't expect like to uh, have like a big falling when all your teams are on the East Coast, exception to Minnesota. So you gotta start expanding West. You gotta put a team in Chicago. I would fully expect a team in Nashville to sell out uh, St. Louis, and then you start heading over here because I really do think a uh, women's hockey team in Arizona would do great. Obviously, the Kachinas are a huge thing out here. Saw a lot of them in the in the stands uh, during the game. I think it could be a great draw from Formula, and obviously they get more revenue out of that. So uh, it was a great time. I enjoyed it. Uh, congrats to the Toronto Six. Uh, Toronto finally won something. Yeah, Toronto finally won something in hockey for the past couple of years. Uh, we'll see if the Maple Leafs can follow suit. Uh, next is Brian Boyle officially retiring. It took that, that man far enough time. I thought he already retired, but he officially retired. Um, unfortunately, never won a cup. That sucks. But he played a good amount of time with the Kings, then spent the majority of his years with the New York Rangers, including a seven. Or give me a second. Let me pull that up. Uh, a lot of penalty minutes in that year. Seventy-four penalty minutes. But his career high was that year: thirty-five points in eighty-two games with the Rangers. Um, Went to the Stanley Cup final with them back in 2014. Also went to the Stanley Cup final with Tampa in 2015. Played with Tampa for a while. That's where he's most known for. Um, also played a couple games with Toronto. Played a couple seasons with New Jersey. And obviously that was when we heard about his cancer story. That's when it really blew up. Uh, got flipped to Nashville for a couple games. And then played his final two seasons with Florida and Pittsburgh. He was actually really good with Pittsburgh as a deaf guy, but... He's joined NHL Studios as a color analyst. Uh, any thoughts on Brian Boyle? Oh, I always know him for in the in the bubble when uh, he was on the Panthers and uh, JG Pajot did like a little like uh, flinch at him, like he was coming after him, and it's the height difference, the funniest thing ever. Um, Boyle is huge, and Pajot is uh, pretty short for the NHL, so that was a good career for for Boyle. Sucks he never won a cup. You know, uh, a great story that he was able to come back and play after the cancer uh, whole thing happened with that. But uh, a really good con- career. Congrats to him. And uh, always love to see these guys coming into the to the booth. Love hearing former players, like, analysis of stuff in the game. It's always cool to hear. Yeah, I mean, um, of course, you found a way to insult him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he, he also appeared in an All-Star game. Um he obviously uh, scored in his first game back, I believe, um, since his cancer diagnosis. And he also scored in Hockey Fight Cancer Night. I'll always remember those two goals. Those were incredible. And then his later years with Pittsburgh, he was great um, In uh, when he uh, played uh, in Pittsburgh. He also won the Bill Masterson Award uh, during that year. Um Apparently, uh, he's also made a lot of frightening uh, comments, um, <laughs> which is interesting. Uh, but, again, I think he was great um, with Pittsburgh, and that was his last stop on his career. But I think I'll always remember him as a devil and scoring those uh, those uh, goals after his cancer and on Hockey Fights uh, Cancer Night. So congrats to nice career, Brian Boyle. And, um, yeah, I the last topic we do need to talk about it's kind of a uh, negative one. Um, so it's off the topic of the 2018 World Junior Champions, the can- Team Canada. 
Uh, all the members of the team are now ineligible to play on a Team Canada uh, roster. That includes Kale McCarr. That includes some other big names I'll pull up right now. But your th- first thoughts on this? Um, I think it's the right decision for now. Uh, I don't want to make a comment on, on the whole court situation going on, but until a decision is, is you know, uh, they come to a decision on it, I don't think it's the, I think it's the right decision. Um, uh, if one, if a court decision does happen, I think that they should be able to, to change that from coming from whatever comes out of that court decision. But I also don't think it's, it's fair for some of the players who didn't play on the team I'm pretty sure Makar was not actually on that team, so I think if they weren't, they didn't play for the team. They should be able to to play for Team Canada. Kill Makar is was on that team. Are you sure? I saw something. They wasn't hundred percent sure. Um, but that also includes Carter Hart, Drake Batherson, Dylan Dubé, Robert Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Dante Faber. Just some no- notable ones. Obviously, this has been going on for a while. Um, we still have no ground on it. Uh, which is disappointing, and it sucks for a lot of these players because out of that that those names that list like Kale McCarr is obviously in my opinion the best defenseman in the league right now. Uh, Carter Hart was a great goaltender for a little bit. Batterson was having a great season this season. Um, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are great for the Blues, and they've been a great tandem. And Dante Fabro has been someone that Nashville consistently relies on. It just sucks that someone has to go out and do this stuff. First off, um, like we don't know if this this is true or not, but if this did happen, like obviously the sexual assault stuff in hockey continues, and that's absolutely awful, and no one wants to see that. And the the fact that we're still sitting here and discussing that is incredible and incredibly bad. But also the fact that you're just ruining these other players' chances to play for their country, which is something everyone loves doing, like being proud of their country and playing for their country. Obviously, we've heard a lot of comments, not just from hockey, but recently in the World Baseball Classic, um, a lot of stuff on that. So it just sucks that someone has to run it. Also, McCarr wasn't at the events that the accusations are from. He was at... uh college at the event that the uh, the accusations that they claim take place McCarr wasn't actually at that event but they're suspending the whole team yeah the, yeah. the whole that's what I meant yeah but I, I just don't think it's fair to no. the, the people who weren't actually a part of it having to be punished for something that they're proven innocent for no absolutely um any same with uh Victor Mete and Jordan Kyrie were also not at the event yeah I'll, like uh I think uh, there was someone on the Sharks that was uh, that was on that team. I don't know if it was Mario Ferraro or someone else. But there was someone on the Sharks that was part of that team. But, uh, yeah, it's just unfortunate. It's very sad. And, uh, yeah, we hope that there's a resolution soon. Uh, so when the time comes and we do have, like, a world hockey classic that Kale McCarr can play because – He's great to watch. He's fun to watch. Yeah. Um, but that's that's going to about do it. Sorry to end it on kind of a negative note, but that's something that we do need to discuss. It's important to discuss, um, and it's news. So, uh, Tyler, anything else to add? Anything else to say before uh, we end this podcast? 
No, uh, actually, yeah, uh, Pecorine got his uh, statue yeah. uh, over the weekend. Yes. Um, so uh, congrats to him. I think one of the more uh, underappreciated goaltenders of kind of yes. his era. You know, he was always consistently top five goalie. Uh, you know, maybe not as good as Lundqvist or Price or even Quick, but he was one of the best goalies in the league for a long time. Um, a lot of people I've seen are don't think he deserves the statue, but uh, I think he meant so much to the Predators. 100%. And uh, I'm happy for him. I always liked Pecorino, so congrats to him on his statue. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the AHL, we had three more teams that clinched. The Providence Bruins clinched, the Colorado Eagles clinched, and the Abbotsford Canucks have all clinched a spot in the AHL playoffs. Those are always great games to watch. Um we are hopefully heading down to Tucson for a game so that we can see Josh down. But also, it's it's fun to watch. It's still incredible hockey, fun hockey. Like, I went to uh, at least three or four Stockton Heat playoff games when they were when the Stockton Heat existed uh, last season when they made it all the way to the third round and unfortunately lost to Chicago. But, man, two of those games went to OT and then Stockton won it. It was crazy. Obviously... I'm a Barracuda fan. Been to a couple of their games. Their games are so much fun. But I do want to mention those teams have clinched in the NHL. I do really want to read off Dustin Wolf's stats through 100 AHL games. He is 73, 19, and 6 with a .927 save percentage, a 2.626 goals against average, and 7 shutouts. Yeah, and for a team like Calgary, who has really struggled in net this year, I, I don't know why they haven't given him a chance, but the Wranglers are very good. So yeah. I get leaving him there, wanting to have him go into deep playoff run. Dustin Wolf is a Bay Area uh, goaltender, actually. He was born there, uh, obviously played there with the Stockton Heat. Um, so I'm excited to see him. He's going to be one of my favorite players when he eventually comes up because you know, you got to support your Bay Area natives when you when you uh, originate from out there. So I do really want to shout out Dustin Wolf. I, I've seen him play in person numerous times against the Barracuda with the Heat. Unfortunately, not yet as a Wrangler. I still hate that team for moving to, to uh, Alberta or uh, basically Calgary from Stockton. But uh, wounds heal. But... Uh, and, uh, yeah, speaking of the Flames, uh, Long Island native Matt Coronado yes. signing his ELC, so good for him. We'll see if he actually plays any games with Calgary because we know a Sutter doesn't really like playing his, his young guys. Yep. But, uh, you know, nice to see another Long Island native make it to the NHL. And real quickly in terms of ASU, uh, there's been a couple of players that have transferred. Like, unfortunately, the man, the myth, the legend, Ben Cross has transferred. I'm very sad. Um uh, and then, obviously, a lot of their players have signed their uh, ECHL contracts. Uh, a couple of them are even in the AHL. Obviously, Josh Stone. Someone that we haven't heard from, though. Robert Master Simone. Is the plan to come back to Arizona to reunite with Josh Stone? We'll see. But we'll see what happens with him. I haven't heard anything about him, but that's going to do it for our podcast today. First off... You can follow Tyler at TylerCast underscore. Go ahead and follow him on Twitter. He'll post some more stop sign pictures. He loves <laughs> doing that. Um, you can follow me at uh, Chase Beardsley underscore at Twitter. Um, there's a lot of new content coming out, so make sure to join us. And I promise you, we will see you next week because I am back in Arizona. Obviously, Tyler is here. 
we, 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 we once again apologize for not recording last week, but thank you again for taking the time out of your busy day to listen, and we will see you all next week. Yes, that's all I have to say. Except I'm feeling just grow stronger every day. Just one thing before I go. Take good care, baby, and let me know. Let me grow. The special love. For me, my Dixie dear.